you've found the Rock Hesperia and are on your way to building a solid life. We make disciples here. If you, your children, or anyone comes to Jesus, hears his sayings, and does them, your life will become solid. So let's get to it. Well, hello again, Rock family. It's so nice to be with you as always to break open the Word of God and see in its pages the good life that God is trying to usher in to your experience and to mine. He says, I want you not to struggle, but I want you to have success in everything you do. I want you to know that you can walk with confidence with me and that I will make the crooked places straight. I will go before you. I'll be your front and rear guard. I'll even protect you from the sides and above and below. God is trying to give you the good life. And so if you'll let him today, he will supply. That's the title of the series is called The Good Life. And this message is called Righteousness and Justice. So turn to Psalm 103 and John 10. No surprise to you, Psalm 103 and John 10. Of course, we're here. Jesus is teaching us in John 10. He says, the thief does not come except to steal, to kill and to destroy. And, and it's almost like he's looking right at you and me and he's saying, but not me. See, the thief may come to rob from you and kill you, but not me. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Do you hear the heart of Jesus for you today? He's saying, I'm not coming to take from you. I'm coming to give to you. I want to bring to you the good life. Will you let me? Will you believe me that I've been this good and I remain this good? And my only aim is to draw you into this good life with me forever. In a nutshell, that's Christianity. Jesus doing whatever it takes throughout all time to make sure that his special treasure, his daily delight, is with him for all time. And he has paid the heaviest price to make it possible so you and I don't have to. Praise God. See, there's a thief and he comes to rob from you and kill you, but not me. Jesus saying, I want you to have life and have it more abundantly. I want you to have the good life. That's why we're in this series. So as we look at more promises from Jesus, open up your hearts to receive today. Look at Psalm 103. Verses one through eight says, bless the Lord, O my soul and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul and forget not. Don't forget all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in mercy. Thank you, God, for the hearing of your word. And may we, as always, not stop at hearing it, and fall so far short of the good life, but we enter into it by doing it. We are willing participants in this thing, and may we obediently follow you and eat the good of the land. May you satisfy our mouth with these good things because we're willing to, to chew on what you give us. And so let us soak up all your goodness today as we enter into your word again and find how much you've promised to us and build our faith that we can believe you for actually how good you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Do you hear these verses? Let's go over them again. What does he do? He says, 
forgives all your iniquities, all your sin, all your mistakes, all your rebellion, every single one of them. Number two, heals all your diseases. So anything that you get sick with, heals. Jesus heals. This healing is a reality for right now and the rest of your life. Whether you've claimed it in the past or not, start today. Get your healing today. Heals all your diseases. What else does he do? Redeems your life from destruction. See, the thief comes to destroy, but not me. I've come to give you life. I'm redeeming your life from destruction. The Lord Jesus wants you to know. He crowns you with loving kindness. Remember that said, right? The, the covenant love and mercy and tender. The, the tenderness with which he does this is incredible. Loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Anyone like me, <laughs> any men out there getting a little gray or whatever, or maybe a lot gray, gentlemen, <laughs> or ladies, even you getting some gray, like my youth renewed. I like it. I like the sound of that, like the eagles. Yes, <laughs> you know, you never see no going gray eagles out there, right? <laughs> they all look like they're strong and ready to go. The, the bald eagle was born that way with white. So that anyway, all that to say, look at all these blessings and benefits. We want our youth renewed. We, we want to be young and strong forever, don't we? Like it reminds me of Caleb and Joshua, the, the two spies that were faithful to come back when they were spying out the promised land. It's like they did not grow feeble in their old age. They were still able to take that promised land well past their 80s. Hallelujah. May it be the same for you and me because we believe God. Today we're looking at verse 6 in these promises in Psalm 103. It says, The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. How many oppressed people did I just say? Oh, that's right. All of them. So if you feel like you're oppressed, if you feel like you're weighted down and being crushed under the boot of somebody or whatever, he executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. Get ready for it. You may not have seen this before, but I'm excited to bring it to you. Executes. That's an interesting word, right? We think of like an execution squad. Well, when someone's executed, they're, they're done. It's done. Right. There's like there's no more punishment that they're going to endure. They're done. You get executed. Right. Or like a command line on a computer. If you're technically inclined, execute. Right. <laughs> Go happen. Be right. I'm, I'm causing this to to exist. Or uh, if for the sci fi fans out there, Captain Picard, make it so. Right. Make it so. And so whatever you want to picture this like the Lord is executing. He is causing he, he is happening this thing. He's like, happen, <laughs> exist. <laughs> He's executing. So righteousness means acting in accord with divine or moral law. Yeah, we don't talk much about divine law or moral law anymore, right? Morality is kind of out the window. Everyone does what's right in his own eyes, you know? My truth, is that, that's where that comes from. And it's an old trick, but here we are just, once again, basking in the glow of our own excellence, you know, and, and <laughs> careening straight to hell while we do it. Look, we need to get on God's page, live with a right attitude. Our, we lift up our eyes beyond the hills from whence comes our help. Our help comes from the Lord. You know, so our attitude is right. And that means that we're walking the right way. We're rightly related to him. Righteousness. We live rightly before God. 
All right. Acting in accord with divine or moral law. In other words, doing what the established law says. The established law. And who knows that God has had a law in effect from the time that we were up here, right? On the planet, since humankind has started, God has had a law established on the earth. Justice is the maintenance or administration of what is just. In other words, making right things that were not handled or judged correctly according to the established law. Making those things right. That's justice. You may hear people crying out for justice here and there. It's like something's wrong here and we got to set this thing right. It's not right. It's not right. And I want justice. And they're not wrong. Maybe some of them are wrong, but you know what I mean? People who are living righteously are saying, look, something did not happen according to God's way. And so we need to fix this thing. Where's the justice? That's what we're going to talk about today. Righteousness is doing it right. And justice is receiving either reward for doing the right thing or justice can also be receiving a punishment for doing the wrong thing. It all depends on your proximity to righteousness. How, how right have I lived? How right have I accomplished God's word before him? Because he's watching, make no mistake. So listen to this. Put another way. These are two other benefits of serving the Lord. He always treats each person the right way exactly as he promised. Notice is not how we're designing him to be. He's not, he's not beholden to us. No, we're operating on his system exactly as he promised. And when anyone mistreats another person, if they call out to him, he will not only make a judgment from heaven, he will make things right and sentence those who violated righteousness. Oh yeah, God's not messing around. I'm gonna read that again. Two other benefits of serving the Lord are he always treats each person the right way exactly as he promised. And when anyone mistreats someone else, if they call out to him, he will not only make a judgment from heaven, he will make things right and sentence those who have violated righteousness. Look at Psalm 22, verse 28. It says, for the kingdom is the Lord's. The kingdom is the Lord's. And he rules over the nations. Look, he rules over the nations. The nations rule, right? We live under the rule of a nation here. We live actually kind of weirdly in this state kind of thing as well, don't we? You know, where we have a bunch of different levels of who we're trying to live in obedience to and all this. And it says that God is not subject under them. No, everything is subject under God. God rules over the nations. Uh, overruled. Right? God has the power to overrule some things. Amen. God is not subject to the laws of America. Amen. He rules over the laws of America. And we have to, if we can embrace this truth, if we can know that not only in some, the setting up of some of these laws, but if they ever go crazy town and we have an opportunity to say, God, this directly violates what you got going on. What do we do? He rules over the law as well. And so right now, of course, in this pandemic time, you know, back here in the early 2020s, here we are trying to operate in, what, what's, what's it called? Obedience. You know, we're trying to obey God and the Bible says be subject to the governing authorities and all that. And we're also trying to make sure that we are, we're not compromising that and we're not compromising what they're saying either. And so it, it's, 
it's kind of a dance, you know, and, and we're trying to get through this the best that we can. More on that later. But we have a responsibility to honor God and he rules over the nations. Psalm 37, 28 says, For the Lord loves justice and does not forsake his saints. That's good news. They are preserved forever, but the descendants of the wicked shall be cut off. Cut off. And Romans 12, 19 says, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves. We need to be God-reliant, not self-reliant. We're not supposed to take this on ourselves. It says, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Vengeance, avenging, get it? Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. God has no problem serving up a little justice. However much is necessary, God is up to the task. And even including, up to and including, vengeance on people. Again, it just depends on the attitude of the person. Right? Some people do terrible things in ignorance. They're like, they're just stupid. They're, I just didn't know any better. Uh, well, stupid is doing wrong, even though you know it's right. They're just ignorant. They don't know any better. And so God will not like avenge. He's not going to get angry, but he is going to say, look, you messed up. I'm going to correct you and you got to pay whatever price is coming. But there, he is angry with the wicked every day. And so if, if you're trying to abuse somebody, you're trying to oppress somebody, well, be, you are going to be opposed by the Lord of hosts. Count on it. He'll, he'll serve up justice and vengeance. And notice whose job it isn't. It isn't our job to take vengeance on people. Isn't that good news? I mean, as much as our flesh would like it, right? It is good news that it's not our job that God will take care of it. He will <laughs> execute Righteousness and justice, even up to and including vengeance. Proverbs eleven thirty one says, if the righteous will be recompensed. Is that, is that a new word to you? Recompensed? Think recompensated or repaid on the earth. How much more the ungodly and the sinner? How much more? If the righteous are going to get it, how much more is a sinner going to get it? Oh yeah, God is watching over it all. Make no mistake. There's this, Mel Gibson movie. I'm 99.9% sure that this is inappropriate. I watched it a long time ago. So again, don't go searching it out. But I have a vivid memory of this thing where he is taking vengeance because somebody, some innocent person was oppressed and taken advantage of and abused and he wasn't going to have it. And so Mel Gibson's character just goes and handle some business and get some vengeance going on. And we watch this, you know, in the theater or whatever. And we're seeing... In, in any sort of story that's told and we see, yeah, 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 justice is served, you know, and we get satisfied. We get satisfaction out of this. Why? Because it's God's intent that justice happens. But he says, vengeance is not your job. It's mine. And I will execute righteousness and justice on the earth. So can you and I let him have it today? Can we let God have his job? Because he's saying, look, I'll do my job. You just do your job. And it's not vengeance. But it's built into us to have a satisfaction over this kind of thing. You know, it's like, yeah, he got his, you know, <laughs> taking advantage of those poor people, whatever it is. Yeah, he got his. And it's built into us. We understand righteousness and justice. We seek these things out. We're, we're crying out for them in our hearts. 
but car- that's, that's a carnal thing to want to take it for yourself and even get excited, you know, when we get it. If the Lord does it, if the Lord builds the house, you know, then, then it's going to be built. But if he doesn't, then the laborers who build it, build it in vain. And we don't want to do anything for no reason. We don't want to exert all this energy and effort and then have nothing to show for it at the end of the day. It's like, well, God said, God's like, well, look, man, I told you I will repay. Vengeance belongs to me. What were you doing taking vengeance for yourself? Don't do it. Don't do it. See, this is a promise we have to remember from the Psalms. Right in the middle of the Bible, God is saying, look what I do. I execute righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. Will you let me do it? Will you just let me do it? He's going to dole out some vengeance. And won't that be sweet? Because look, who, who you think can avenge better? You or God. God Almighty, right? There's little old you. <laughs> and then there's God. Let him do it. Let him do it. So how does this work? How does he execute righteousness and justice on the earth? What's the benefit to us, what does this all mean? Well, consider Exodus 22, verses 22 through 24. It says, you, this is a command here, you shall not afflict any widow or fatherless child. If you afflict them in any way and they cry at all to me, if I even hear a whisper of them crying for my help, I will surely hear their cry. And my wrath will become hot and I'll kill you. Oh, oh, yes, this is God, by the way. I will kill you. Can I read it again? I will kill you. What? If you afflict the widow or the fatherless child and, and they cry out to me in any way. I'll kill you with the sword. Your, your wives shall become widows and your children shall become fatherless. Does it sound like God is serious about this vengeance thing, about executing righteousness and justice on the earth? Yeah, I think so. These are pretty harsh words. We talked about Jesus' character, you know, and and sometimes how how funny he could be or uh, just off the wall. Look at Father God right now. Sounds like he's pretty serious. So let's watch how God accomplishes this with Israel. God made a covenant with Abraham. God made a covenant with Abraham, and I want to tell you all about that in OSL Level 2. Please, please sign up for that as it's coming around. Genesis 12, 1 through 3. Now the Lord said to Abram, this is Abraham before God changed his name. The Lord has said to Abram, get out of your country from your father's house and your family to a land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. All right. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. That is a good promise from God right there. And the the blessing part of this, I want to tell you, like I said last week, I I released this over one of my neighbors, keeps blessing us, keeps blessing us. The house at the end of the street, you know, he keeps coming over and and, uh, giving us donations of food and everything. It's like, praise God, we got a lot of mouths to feed over here. This is helpful. And so looking forward to cooking this turkey. I'm excited. Anyway, so I said, Lord, he has blessed us. Bless him. Bless him and show him it's you doing it. Amen. So I I release that blessing based on this promise right here in Genesis 12. We're part of this covenant family all the way back to Abraham when God made these promises. Lord, you said you'd bless him who blesses me. Bless him. 
bless him in the name of Jesus. Show him who you are. Now, many years later, Pharaoh began mistreating Abraham's descendants. Do you remember this? Exodus 1, 8 through 11 says, Then a new king, to whom Joseph, the savior of all Egypt and the world, you know, meant nothing, right? Remember that famine was going on? Everyone was dying and they were selling everything, including themselves. Oh yeah, forgot that Joseph ever had anything to do with that and he was part of God's family. This new Pharaoh forgot all about Joseph. And he came to power in Egypt. Look, he said to his people, the Israelites have become far too numerous for us. Come, we must deal shrewdly with them or they will become more numerous. And war, if war breaks out, they may join our enemies and fight against us and leave the country. So what they do? They put slave masters over them to oppress them. Hear that word oppress? Didn't we just hear that in the Bible a minute ago? So they put slave masters over them to oppress them with forced labor. And they built Pithom and Ramesses as store cities for Pharaoh. Watch this. God's covenant people cry out to him. They remembered all of a sudden. It's like they remembered. Kind of sounds like forget not all his benefits. They remembered a benefit of God and they cried out. Their ancestors, didn't our ancestors have a God? And, and didn't he make some promises? And how do we, let's go to the library and find this out. Let's dig out a book and find out what happened. Their ancestors had a God who made them promises and they went back to the word of God, just like you and I should do. Go back to the, what does God say about himself? What does God say he will do for his people? They went back to the word of God and discovered by his own word that he promised to curse anyone who cursed them. So they called out for justice. Justice. We are the covenant people of God. People given to the word. Following God's instructions to us. We follow Jesus. We are Jesus followers. We have the right to call out to God and say justice. Execute justice. They did it. And in Exodus 2 it says, Now it happened in the process of time that the king of Egypt died. Then the children of Israel groaned because of the bondage and they cried out. They cried out. Before I tell you what goes on after this, didn't it say, if they cry at all to me, I will hear them. These oppressed people, right? These people are afflicted, heavy yoke on them. They cried out and their cry came up to God because of the bondage. So God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac and with Jacob. Look, God tells us in the word, look, don't you forget all my benefits. And here, essentially, God's like, oh, I, I remember everything. And so now that you remember, let's get something done about this thing. Now that you've come to me, now that you've come to the right place to get some justice for yourselves, now let's handle some business. And that's when God delivers. Joshua 24, verse 5 says, Then I sent Moses and Aaron, and I brought terrible plagues on Egypt, and afterward, I brought you out as a free people, as a free people. Look, God got activated once his people remembered and reminded, reminded him, hey, God, we're, hey, we're just, you know, claiming this thing that you promised us. Can, can we get about it? Look, what are you going to do? <laughs> you know, and all of a sudden God's like, tell you what I'm going to do. Ten plagues. Bam, 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 bam. He keeps nailing the Egyptians with plagues. And they're bad. And Pharaoh's like crying to Moses, please take these things away from me. Moses is like, all right, when you want it gone? 
uh, tomorrow. That, I never understood that. If I was Pharaoh, I'd be like, right now, take him away right now. Say something, do something right now. You brought this on me, you take it away right now. I don't know, Pharaoh said tomorrow, <laughs> okay? And Moses like, fine, they'll be done tomorrow. Anyway, that's a little sidebar, but isn't that interesting? But God brought terrible, terrible plagues on Egypt and just kept hammering away at the Egyptians because of Pharaoh's hard heart. Ugh. I remember someone speaking against me, a little personal example here. I remember someone speaking against me, uh, saying that during my preaching, I allowed the devil to speak through me. <laughs> Sounds crazy to you, right? Of course, no one you know, without any agenda would think this. But anyway, nevertheless, that was said about me. And it's like, of course, it's nonsense. And, and that sort of phrase or utterance is bound to get you into some trouble and you know and I'm thinking about these plagues and everything it's like you're ripe for the picking <laughs> you know God God has something stored up for you so watch it I'm not just saying because it's me I'm just saying look watch out death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit God is listening and he's watching and whoever curses me is going to get cursed why because I'm his same thing for you you're his whoever curses you they're going to get cursed they're going to get cursed now, I'm, I'm not the one to be like, yeah, God, curse them. Go get them. Go get them. You know, I've never spoken anything against this person. I've, in fact, just prayed for them, wanted their best, you know, wanted them. To, it, look, Lord, whatever correction you obviously need to bring to them, don't make it hurt. You know, don't make it hurt. So just let them get it and then just move on. Amen. But it's like if if we're not careful, we can invite some of this calamity on ourselves by how free we are with our words sometimes when we have a certain thing that we're after, you know? And uh, anyway, I just wanted to give you a personal example that I am, I am way more in the blessing part of that scripture than I am on the cursing side. You know why? Because vengeance belongs to the Lord. I don't have to even get involved in it, you know? And, and it's like, it's not actively hurting me or anything. I don't need them to like, oh God, stop them in their tracks right now, <laughs> you know? And so I haven't done any of that, but I'm just saying, I bless people with the Lord's blessing, who bless me. And God is watching over people who need a little correction. So look what God does. Look what God does, even without me saying anything, God does things. He remembers his holy promise, Psalm 105 says. See, for he remembered his holy promise and Abraham his servant. He brought out his people with joy, his chosen ones with gladness. Oh man, God's excited. The people are excited. They're getting out of this bondage, this slavery. And in fact, they're getting loaded up with all these treasures, right? From their neighbors. Hey, go borrow this from your neighbor. Borrow or go get this from your neighbor. And there's like, take it, you know, anything. Psalm 105 says, he also brought them out with silver and gold. And there was none feeble among his tribes. See, there's none feeble among God's people. None feeble among God's people. Why? God does it. I can't just decide I'm not going to be feeble <laughs> you know, and try to work it up myself. No, God does that for his people. There was none feeble among his people. Amen. So payback, justice. God's like, it is go time, children. Eat your food quickly. Keep your shoes on, your belt on, get your staff in your hand, eat it up, eat it up, because we're about to get on out of here, out of here. So you go get some from your neighbors and let's get out. Let's get you to the promised land. 
Let's get you to the land of promises. And you know what? God's still doing it today. He, through even my voice, he's saying, I have promises for you. Let's get into the promised land. Eat quickly. Get ready to get out of this bondage. There's power in the name of Jesus to break every chain if you'll just let him do it. Let him deliver you because he's executing righteousness and justice on the earth over all who are oppressed. All right. Now, not only for you, but as we're in this new mode of I come to these messages, not just to receive, but to find out how to give to someone else. He's speaking all of this deliverance and life and executing righteousness and justice through you to other people who are bound up and still waiting, still waiting. God, is it, or they don't even know to cry out to God yet, but you tell them, look, God wants to deliver you from this. God has better for you. Really? Yes, he does. Well, how do you know? I have this Bible. <laughs> and you start opening the word of God and convincing them by God's own words that he has a better life for them than they've been living. And what if they take you up on it? What if you get them saved and delivered? Come on. The, those who have been forgiven much, love much. Those who have been delivered from heavier oppression, love more. Isn't that true? The, the more God is good to you, the more you love him in return. And he's good with that. He is so good with that because he's got every good and perfect gift waiting to flow down from you from heaven. All right. So shift gears with me. Okay, we've been talking very spiritual and we've been looking back in the Old Testament and, and seeing some practical application here, even in our own lives. But look at America and the three branches of government that we have. All right. The judicial branch interprets laws with judgment. The legislative branch makes the laws and the executive branch enforces the laws. The kingdom of God has all three of these branches of government in place. Did you know that? Isaiah 33, verse 22 says, For the Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our king. He will save us. He will save us. Remember, he rules over nations, right? He will save us. In America, our Supreme Court has a problem because they get about 7,000 cases a year presented to them and they only have time for mm, about 150. <laughs> and so... I don't know, someone do the math on this. 7,000 minus 150. Yeah, they still have about 6,850 undealt with cases that someone's looking to you to solve. And they're like, we can't. We just, there's only so much time. You know, we're only human. <laughs> and so the good news is God is not only human. Amen. God is divine. He's holy. He is everything. And he will always have time to hear your case. God is our judge. God is our king. He will save us. Amen. Amen. He always has time for you. He always has time to hear what's going on. If you're crying out to the Lord, God, I'm being oppressed. This is not right. I'm trying to live right before you. This is not right. You got to do something. Handle this. And he is on the case. He wants to do it. Any unrighteousness, any injustice, God will take up our case and execute righteousness and justice for all of those who are oppressed but you won't get it if you don't believe that you are eligible for it. I'm telling you, you are eligible for it today. You're eligible for all these blessings today by simply being God's. You belong to God. You're eligible. And look, we even have better promises than they had. Isn't that true? 
We have a better covenant based on better promises, right? Hebrews 8, 6 says, but now Jesus, our high priest, has been given a ministry that is far superior than the old priesthood. For he is the one who mediates for us a far better covenant with God based on better promises. So the old promises were good. And in Jesus, we even have better promises than those. Come on. Why, are we, why would we ever live below our dignity? Why would we ever live struggling or oppressed when we can just cry out to God who loves us so much and get our justice? Look at what God prophesied Jesus would do. Execute justice. Isaiah 42, verses one through four. Look, there's a lot of Bible here. You know why we do this? Because we want you to know that this fabric that God wove all through the Bible and, you know, dyed the little fabric here and there and then wove it together just so when you step back, it's like, oh, Man, look at that beautiful picture. Everything is perfect. That's what God does in his Bible. And you have to see it's not just one place. I'm not just picking and choosing something out of here. It's like, no, God over and over says, I have a plan. I have a plan. I have a plan. You get on my plan and you will have a good life. Behold, my servant, you see that capital S, whom I uphold, my elect one in whom my soul delights, level one, right? My, daily he was my delight, but, but my delight was with the sons of men, Jesus would say. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the Gentiles. He will not cry out nor raise his voice, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. Look at verse three. A bruised reed he will not break. Oh, isn't that break hard? Isn't that so sweet of Jesus? A bruised reed he will not break. Look, if you're struggling, you're just kind of barely hanging on by your fingernails. He's not going to like <laughs> flick your fingernails off the ledge and make you tumble down to your death. Look, that's that's the other person. That's that's the devil and his minions, his lackeys over there. They're the ones trying to destroy you. Jesus saying, let me hold on to you. Let me raise you up here. You can get some strength. Get your footing. You OK? You OK? <laughs> Amen. A bruised reed he will not break and smoking flax he will not quench. That means, look, you just got a little smoke. You know, your fire's kind of gone out. It's kind of dwindled. And haven't we all been there a little bit? We've gotten a little lax. We've gotten a little complacent. But he's not going to snuff you out just because you're just smoking. He, I'm, I'm hanging on. I'm hanging on. He's like, you know what? Let me give a little of my breath in there, a little of my word, a little of my life into this and see if we can stoke that flame. He's not going to quench some smoking flax. He will bring forth justice for truth. He will not fail, nor will he even be discouraged. Praise God. Jesus confident. I love that. Till he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands shall wait for his law. The coastlands shall wait for his law. Jesus himself said it was part of what he was anointed to do. Do you remember when he was reading? Uh, Luke recounts this. Uh, when Jesus found a place in Isaiah. Luke 4 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Jesus is talking. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty all those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And he rolls up that scroll and gives it right back. He's like, this scripture today is fulfilled in your hearing of it. Bam! And announces that he is the coming one. Praise God. So look, if you've been taken advantage and you need justice, what should you do? 
I mean, here's a clue. There's been someone that's been trying to tell you, I can handle all this for you if you come to me, if you cry to me. So what should you do if you find yourself being oppressed? Luke 18. Then Jesus spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart, saying, there was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Just didn't care about anybody. Now there was a widow in that city And she came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward, he said within himself, though I do not fear God nor regard men, yet because this woman, this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming, she weary me. He's like, I'm sick of this. So even though I don't care about her or God, just so that she'll leave me alone, I'll give her some justice. Then the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said. And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Not like this other guy who just didn't do it, waited for a while. No, God will avenge speedily. Nevertheless, when the son of man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? This is what I'm talking to you about today. If you don't believe it, you can't receive it. If you don't believe that God exists, you're not going to receive any of his goodness. If you don't believe that he said this stuff in the Bible, he made these promises, you won't receive it. If you don't believe that he will do it for you, then you won't receive it. Maybe you're maybe like so many people like, oh, of course he'll do it for so-and-so, you know, Judy, super Christian, you know, like she always is at church or whatever. None of that matters. God is no respecter of persons. If you are part of God's family, God's tribe, God's elect in this telling, then you are eligible. Grab onto it for yourself, but it has to come through faith. It has to come through faith. You have to believe it or else you cannot receive it. God will take care of you, but I'm here to caution you as well. Don't get impatient. Don't get impatient with God. He has a, Time is not a thing that God is like super concerned about, right? He's outside of time and he can see the end from the beginning and all the way through the middle. He knows everything. He also has to execute righteousness along with all this justice that you're crying out for. God is locked in to a system. He's like, I got to do this the right way though. I can't just, you know, give to you like by robbing from somebody else or whatever, you know? Um, So it's like, I'm not going to take... Uh, let's say there's six of us in this front row where I remember sitting at one point in my life. Okay, so there's six of us Christians in the front row. He's like, I'm not going to take from chair number four and give it to chair number one. That would not be right. That would not be righteous. He may take it from some wicked people. That's right, because it, it doesn't belong to them. They have no covenant with God. He's made them no promises except don't curse people or else you're going to get cursed by me, you know? And so those are the, the promises that they can be sure of. But none of the good stuff, except if you come to me, then you get all the good stuff. All right, did that make sense? I hope it made sense to you. But he has to do it the right way. It's not just justice at any cost. He's like, no, righteousness and justice. He's like, I'm bound by my own word too. (laughs) I said it, I gotta keep my own rules. And he does. So don't get impatient with him. I've always said that, you know, when we're praying about something, especially something pretty big, we have to pray sometimes six, seven steps down the line. Lord, I don't see why this is not to me yet. What's the hold up? And if you will reveal it to me where I need to pray, maybe somebody somebody's name comes up you never heard before. 
I was going to say Bill Jackson. I don't know any Bill Jackson, so that'll be fine. Bill Jackson, you know, and I don't know a Bill Jackson, but Lord, help him because he's struggling. If God gives you that name or whatever, just pray for Bill Jackson and say, let it, let the hose unkink so that the blessing can flow freely because it needs to get to me. It's stopped up somewhere. Release it. And so you start praying for someone else's deliverance, right? And then all of a sudden, everything gets to flow and all God's people are taken care of. You know, that's what I want for you. That's what God wants for you. And so don't get impatient with the Lord. It may feel like it's taken a long time, but God's not bothered. He's not bothered by it. Don't get bothered. You need to appeal to the high court of heaven. The high court of heaven. Why? Because God is not like that other judge. God's not like this other judge. He's the righteous judge. He is our king and he will save us. You got to invoke the covenant that he made with you. You didn't twist his arm. You didn't invent this thing. You're just by faith agreeing with God and saying, I see what you said. Can I have it? I, I hear what you're saying. Can I have it? And he'll give it to you. He'll give it to you. But if you don't know this Bible, if you don't make any time for God, if you don't spend any time with him, learning about him, you won't know what to expect. You won't know what to ask for. You won't know that you can cry out. So many people don't know this because this is one, especially in this passage that we gloss over. Oh, righteousness and justice, you know, but healing, you know, we get excited about some other things, but this is huge. This is huge. And maybe you've never heard of it before. Maybe you've never given attention to it before. Maybe no one has broken it open before. But today is a new day. Now in your experience, you get to know that God is one who executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. You have to invoke that covenant. You got to speak it out. And now that you know that it's all in here, you have a way to get through the throne. Get right through all the red tape up to the throne of God and say, God, hear my cry, hear my plea. I need justice. And he'll supply. Can, there, there are things, you know, Abraham had this covenant with God we talked about earlier, right? And he, he's in Abimelech's town and he's afraid that Abimelech's going to steal his wife and everything else. But because God, God's like, you're dead. Abimelech, you are dead because of this woman, you know, you're about to take as a wife. And, and Abimelech's like, wait, wait, wait. He said it was his sister, you know. But uh, Abraham had a covenant with God. And look what God said. He said, you're, you're a dead man. God is not messing around with this stuff. He's ready to execute. These people, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? We're not going to bow down to this idol when you play the music. You play whatever you want. We're worshiping God. And that's how it's going to be. And so they get caught up in this trap and it's like, put him in the fiery furnace, kill him, burn him up. And what happens? There's a fourth man in the fire. I believe personally that it's Jesus himself, pre-incarnate, before he comes, you know, in that name. Here's Jesus in the fire with him. There's another in the fire standing next to me. Yes, there is another in the fire. God will take care of you. They come out, they don't even smell a smoke, Right? <laughs> we were at the in I was at my in-laws house the other day and it's like, wow, what is that smell? It's like came down the flu or whatever. It's like, man, that smells like burning and nothing was even burning. These guys were in the fiery furnace burning 
and they did not smell like smoke. They were not in pain in any way. They were protected and Jesus was with them. Why? God's covenant people. Daniel, they're trying to get Daniel, right? And it's like, well, Daniel, we hear Daniel still praying. He's not praying like to you, like we said, oh, king. And like, throw him in the lion's den, you know? And so the king was kind of bound by his, his little law there, his decree. But what did God do? Because of covenant with his people, he stopped up the, the mouths of these lions that would have eaten him up, torn him to shreds. But because of covenant, God wouldn't let it happen. And instead, what happens to these people? They get thrown in the fiery furnace and killed. They get thrown in the lion's den and killed. Isn't that right? Abimelech would have been killed by God had he taken Sarah as a wife. But God warned him because he was doing it in ignorance, like I said, right? He didn't, he's like, I didn't know. He said, he said she was his sister. And so, look, if you have a covenant with God, you are eligible for all this. And I'm imploring you. Take advantage of it. Don't stay in your oppressed state. Don't stay under the boot of someone who's got your face on the ground and is just smashing down on you. That is not your destiny. That is way far below your dignity. Don't stay there. Don't stay there. We have a God who's made us promises and we're about to get after these promises and live the good life. Amen. Let's, let's commit this to the Lord. Whatever you've heard today, something has triggered in your heart. The Holy Spirit is making something come alive to you. You're like, yeah, God is real. He exists. He, he's a rewarder of me who diligently seek him, right? And let's get after what you need. And so what I can't do is I can't pray this on you. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to encourage you to speak out what you need to the Lord right now. Don't be shy. Don't be afraid. Don't be embarrassed. Tell the Lord what you need right now. This is the time. Don't, don't leave it 20 minutes from now. Something will come up and you'll forget. Or your faith will just have waned. You're like, I didn't even know what I really heard. You know right now. Let's get it handled right now and see God deliver you and let it be a reinforcement and become a blessed cycle in your life. It's like, man, he handled that last thing. Remember when Pastor Jeff told me to pray and we just prayed and he handled it. Then you have faith for the next thing. Come on, let's get in this blessed cycle right now. Maybe you're already swimming in it, right? Well, let's get the next leg of this thing. Maybe you've never done this before. Let today be the starting point. And then once you, once you get full circle, then it's just a circle. It's like, I don't even remember when this happened. I've just always been living this way. God's good to me. Amen. Let's pray. And I'm going to agree with your prayers, but I'm going to encourage you to speak out, cry out to the Lord, seek the judge of heaven and let him execute righteousness and justice on your behalf because you are not going to remain oppressed. You are going to be delivered. God is going to break every chain off of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, even as we agree, uh, we say, so be it. Uh, when I was saying, Captain Picard would say, make it so, God, your amen is essentially that. Let it be. Let it be according to your word. And so we start off with the amen. We start off with agreement that this is not a, a flippant, casual wish or a hope or a dream. You know, it's I'm wishing. No, we're not flipping a coin in a wishing well. We're coming to the God of the universe who has made us promises and we're saying execute justice on this earth, in my circumstance, whatever it is. As you hear your people crying out to you right now, Lord, I agree in the spirit with them and I say yes. I say yes right along with you. Lord, I say build their faith to keep believing, 
keep contending, keep looking for it. It's like the, the father who looks for his wayward son. Like it's not been right. We've been estranged. It, I've not been enjoying his company, his nearness and all that. But he comes back and the father is constantly scouring the horizon. Let them all be looking for the delivery of their miracle, the delivery of their deliverance. Lord, you have all of this front loaded. May we all be willing to receive it and stay in faith and not be impatient with you, but know that you are working all kinds of things out in the perfect way, leaving nothing undone. We're not gonna have to be ashamed about asking for ours because it came at the expense of somebody else. No, you're doing righteousness and justice simultaneously, and we thank you for it. You are, you're better than any of us could ever be. You're better than all of us could ever be. And thank you, thank you for hearing our prayer. We know we only have to come to you. We only have to cry out to you. Just like we heard last week, the poor man cried out to you and you delivered him from all his troubles. We're crying out to you today based on this covenant in faith that you've told us that you will execute righteousness and justice for us. If there's some financial thing that's, that's long overdue, Lord, bring it into alignment. If there's some relational issue, if, if there's a, an attack if there is libel, Lord, I pray that you set those things right. Execute justice. We call out to you today and we believe you for it. We're thankful that you hear us. We're thankful that you've taken on the role of avenger. Accomplish it. Make it so. Let it be to me. In fact, would you just say that? Let it be to me according to your word. If you believe God today, say that. Let it be to me according to your word as it relates to this and the justice you're supplying. This is a good prayer. Thank you for being with us today. We pray all these things in the mighty, powerful, able, willing, and excited name of Jesus. He wants to intercede on your behalf. Let him do it today. And I want to hear about it. God bless you.